We want to welcome you to the New Song Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Colorado Springs. We love receiving your prayer requests and comments at newsongcs.com. And it is our incredible joy and privilege to be here this morning. As I followed them starting the church and and all this beauty, you know, the decorations and the just the setup and the care for the children and your love for each other. I I can't tell you how I felt like, yes, this is this is part of our heart because of of just our connection and the years of relationship. But I was not surprised. I'm not surprised about this because Cynthia and Stephen have an incredible heart of love for people, but for the Lord and for and for people. And when I walked into the place, I'm your this gathering place. I felt it, and I'm telling you, at having pastored and planted our church 40 years ago, that if that is said about your church, that is the highest honor that you could have because that's the heart of Christ. And I believe it's in this place. And even the freedom, worship time, mercy and grace, if, it, if, if you extend mercy and grace, this place will not hold because that is what this world needs more than anything else is God's mercy and grace. And I just want to commend you as part of a big group of people, Foursquare, and not just Foursquare, I believe the Bible-believing churches, the people that love Jesus, we're all one. In this town, we're all one. I don't see Jesus looking down saying, oh, there's my Foursquare children, and there's my Methodist children, and there's my Baptist, and there's the Assembly of God. No, he sees his children meeting in different houses, and we get to be a part of that in this time. So I, I am so excited. I, I told Stephen this morning, it, I would come to this church. I would so love to come to your church. It's, you're an amazing group of people, and your love is evident. And that's what's going to make you a that's what makes you a great church is, is just sharing the love of Christ and that unconditional love, acceptance, and forgiveness and that grace speaking over each other is so important, in, especially in this day and age, that you would extend the grace that Jesus has extended to you. You're not going to be evil. Hi, Eddie, and your beautiful wife, Raquel. It's nice to see you, it, you know, and, and any other churches that come out of this church, it will be because of, of the Lord's love through you and you're serving each other and you're giving, very important. So you're so blessed to have Cynthia and Stephen. I wish they were my pastors. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we love you guys. We have prayed for you. We have prayed for you guys. And here you are. It's, it's exciting. God. Well, she could give us a good message this morning, huh? Yeah. 
Well, you know, I, I just th thanks, Steve, for all those kind words. And, and uh, it really is true. You know, I was, I've, I've read a book called State of Pastors, and, it, and it's by Barna. And they did research on all the pastoral thing. And, they, and out of the, everything they said, uh, even the people that were, weren't Christians, they said the number one quality that was needed in, in pastors is that they would love the Lord and love people, you know. And, and you have a real pastor, don't you? I mean, and that's really a gift. It really is. Not every church has a real pastor. But, but uh, I, I was thinking of Steve, and it, he's kind of a bright. He's kind of bright, isn't he? A little, I mean, you just never know where he's going, just a bright star, and I appreciate, appreciate that about him. But I, I was thinking about one of the scriptures that Paul said about his ministry. He said, I'm, he said, I'm not a lord over your faith, but I'm a helper of your joy. And I, don't you feel that from Steve? You feel like he just kind of helps your joy. You know, just, I just get happy when I'm around Steve and Cynthia. And, and I think that's a real gift, and I think that'll be a real gift here to the church. So praise God. Well, this morning, I'm, I'm always excited to share the word of God and to, to share with you today. And maybe I should talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to be good this year, huh? <laughs> no, I know this is Denver cared, Corey, but, but, uh, but it is an exciting year for the Chiefs anyway. So, Well, this morning, I went, let me tell you a story that kind of leads us into this message today. I was in uh, Valencia, Venezuela. You know, Venezuela is a tough place now, but, but we were there, and we, we were in a church, and it was outside, and I was preaching from the text I'm going to read to you uh, here in just a minute. And I had this powerful experience. I mean, I, I can remember it just like it's the other day. Haven't you had some times experiences where you can almost go back into them in your mind, you just feel like you're right there? Well, this is the text I was preaching from, and, and I'm going to lead into what I want to talk to you about today. And here, it's from 1 Thessalonians 4. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. And so I was speaking from that text, and I, I really had this experience like before I got through preaching that night, Jesus was going to come back. I mean, I just, it was just electrifying. I can put myself back into it. And the reason why I share that experience is because I want to talk to you about today about how bright uh, in your heart is burning the, the, the blessed hope of his coming. And I want to talk to you how important that is, you know. Uh, the scripture says that it's our blessed hope. And hope is an extremely important thing in your life, you know. The Christian life is made up of three things. It's a work of faith, it's a labor of love, and it's a patience of hope, you know. And so your hope is what gives you the endurance to live on, uh, live on this earth with victory. And, and, and your hope in general is tied to the blessed hope. And I want to convince you today that as br as it, uh, uh, the brighter the blessed hope is in your life, the brighter hope overall will be in your life, and it'll give you the grace to live by. I mean, hope is an extremely important thing in our life. And so I'm going to just talk about that how, that, how important that is in our life that we have this hope in our life. And we're going to look at the text. If you want to turn to a text, turn to the book of Second Peter. And Peter spends a whole chapter, his, the very last chapter before Peter signs off, because he said his departure is at hand, he, he says that he talks about the second coming. 
And, and in the book of Peter, there's four things. Peter says, I'm writing this to, st to I want you to remember some things. And I'm going to make sure that you can remember these things because I'm going to write them down so that when I'm gone, you can remember these things. And Peter was an important part of the church, wasn't he? I mean, important for our lives. And, and, and the last thing Peter wanted us to remember is he, he talked about the coming of Jesus Christ. And so when I talk about this this morning, here's the first thing I want you to do is I want you to kind of clear your mind of everything about the second coming. Because when you talk about the coming of Christ, uh, sometimes you start to think, well, when's the Antichrist going to come? You know, when's the war? Gonna, when's Gog and Magog going to happen? When, when is, uh, you know, you start to think, is the rapture going to happen before the tribulation, in the middle of the tribulation, at the end of the tribulation? Uh, what are, are we going to get persecuted before he comes? And we start thinking about all these things, and we miss the primary thing is that he is coming. And, and then I want to convince you today that from the Bible, I think God wants every generation of his church to believe they could come at any time. Could come at any time. I think the healthiest thing for you as a believer that will keep your hope fueled is for you to walk around believing that at the end of that day, at the end of this day, Jesus could come back. Or at any time he could come back. I think Jesus wants his church to live like that. And what I found is that uh, whenever there's a revival, whenever there's a, a major move of God, it, it always reawakening is this is this hope that Christ could come back at any time. So that's that's where we're headed today. And so I hope by the end of the service that that when we pray at the end of the service that your hope will be bolstered and you'll, and you'll just have more hope in your life and we'll live, live more like that when we look, look at, P, at, at this letter from Peter. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at about five or six verses from Peter and then I want to talk about uh, the three most important words about the second coming that are used over and over again about Jesus coming back and how that, that these words really should uh, create in us that hope that we have. Does that sound okay today to talk about that? Well, let me pray, and, and then uh, let's just ask the Lord to take us through the word today. So, Lord, I just thank you for this wonderful church, God, and thank you for all the people that are gathered here today. And, Lord, uh, would you let this morning the blessed hope of your return, would you let it burn, no matter how, how brightly it's burning in people's hearts today, would you increase that? Because, Lord, we, we, I pray that, you, that, that in all of our hearts today that you would just fill us with hope. Lord, I'm praying that at the end of the service that you, the God of hope, would fill us with all joy and peace and believing and that we would abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So, so 2 Peter chapter 3, the last chapter Peter wrote, let's just look at this and just let me just make some comments on some verses here and then talk about those words here today. Beloved, Peter says, I now write to you this second epistle in both of which to stir up your pure minds by reminder. And interesting that he uses that word pure because the Bible, for John, the apostle says in 1 John 3, 3, and everyone that has this hope, I mean this real hope of their life, purifies their life, you know? In other words, the, 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 the more you're aware of the fact that Jesus could come back at any time, the, the purer your walk before the Lord. It, ca it causes you to purify and get the, the excess things that shouldn't be out of your life and keep them bef before you. And, and, and so Peter, Peter uses that word about pure there. And then verse 2, it says that we might be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandments of the apostles 
angels of the Lord and Savior. So then he says, listen, all the prophets talked about this, about Jesus coming. All the apostles talk about this. I'm going to remind you of all those things. Now, let me just, I think Dr. David Jeremiah, I think I got some of this from him. But listen to this. There's, there's 1,845 references to the, in the Bible about Jesus coming back. All right? Every 30 verses in the Bible talk about Jesus coming back. The hope of this world is not another a new president. It's not, uh, uh, you know, the, the hope is Jesus coming back to this earth. That's when everything's going to change, when Jesus comes back. And that Bible talks about that. 23 of the 27 books in the New Testament talk about the second coming of Jesus Christ. There's 10 times more references to the second coming than there was to the first coming of Jesus Christ. And uh, 17 of the Old Testament books refer to it and the last thing Jesus said is he said surely in the book of Revelation that's written down is surely I come quickly surely I come quickly you know and so do you think that it's important that we talk about Jesus coming back and do you think that Jesus wants his church to be reminded about it a lot yeah I think he does and I I think that's part of the four square gospel isn't it? Jesus Christ the soon coming king you know I, it's interesting that that sister McPherson when she wrote the uh, you know the declaration of faith here's here's what it says about her uh, uh, in our doctrine about the four square church we believe that the second coming of Christ is personal and eminent, which we believe to be near at hand, each day should be lived as though he were a peer at that not evening. You know, Think about that for a minute. How would you live your life today that at 5 p.m. today Jesus came back? How would you live your life differently if you knew exactly when he was going to come back that way? I really believe that the Lord wants us to live our lives like he could come back that day. That's a good way to evaluate your day. Did you do everything you could have done that day to, to, to do what the Lord wants you to do? That, I think that's what Peter is saying there. So he, so he says there in, uh, in verse 3, he, he talks about you know, all the things, all the, the, the op okay, then verse 3, now, verse 3 of, of 2 Peter. Knowing this, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. And so scoffers are going to come in the last days saying, hey, hey, he's not coming back. Everything's the same. L listen, to what, listen, to, uh, l listen to what this uh, Harvey Cox says. He says, the disappearance of eschatology, which is the fact Jesus is coming back, produces stagnation, comfort, and consumer religion within the church, you know? So if we, if we, if we, if we don't talk about the fact that Jesus could come back, it, it causes everybody to just, just relax and go to sleep and not, and not, and, and, you know, it causes stagnation. It causes you to become, and, and so warning from Peter, who, was, who wanted us to remember this, don't become a scoffer. Don't become a scoffer. You know, the, the, uh, uh, d don't think, well, where is this coming? You know, Jesus wants us to every, I think every church down through all the generations, the people that were walking closest to the Lord, they really thought Jesus was going to come back during their lifetime. They might have been mistaken, but they, but, the, but they weren't wrong in thinking that. That's the right way that Jesus wants us to live, is that it could come at any time. And, and, then, and then notice here, let me just cover these, these texts here. There's two... Uh, people that, 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 that the last days, Jesus himself refers that those days will be like the days of those. And so let, let me just read these here. Uh, uh, verse 5. For this they willingly forget by the word of God that the heavens were of old 
and the earth standing out of the water and in the water in which the world that went, then existed perished being flooded with water. And so, so that's the days of Noah, right? I mean, Jesus says like the days of Noah, so it'll be like coming of the Son of Man. It'll be eating and drinking and giving marriage. So, so Jesus, when you think about the last days, you think about the days of Noah. And then, and then the, next, the next person you think of, and, but the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and the perdition of ungodly men. But love it, okay, so, so then he's talking about the days of Lot. So the days of Lot, remember, Sodom and Gomorrah were, were destroyed by fire. And so, and so Jesus says, and in fact, I could read the reference to you. It's in Luke 17, 26 through 30. Let me, let me read it because it's better to hear it from him. Luke 17, 26 through 30. Now as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also was it in the days of Lot. They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, and they planted and they built. But on the day that Lot came out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so, it will be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And so those are two important things, the days of Noah and the days of Lot, aren't they? You know, and it's, I was just thinking about this morning, I was listening, preparing, I mean, was, we were getting ready to come over here, and one of the speakers on TV was talking about the days of Lot, and, and remember what the Lord told Lot, he said, I can't do anything till we get you out of here, you know, and I, I think that's a good pre-tribulation message, you know, we've got to get the church out of here before this judgment can come. But those two things are, are very important, Peter said, they're like the days of Noah and the days of Lot, and then, and then he, he kind of ties us together, and then I want to talk about these three words to you that are so important because there's, an, there's another uh, another phrase here that's so important about the coming of the Lord so let me read on here verse 8 Ver, if you if you do, if you hear anything about the last days verse 8 is the most important verse in the Bible about it now I don't know if that's absolutely true but Peter evidently thought it, thought it was true because he said if you're going to forget everything that I say remember this Peter says verse 8 of 2nd Peter chapter 3 but beloved, do not forget this one thing about, about the coming of the Lord, that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Why is that so important? Because what's it saying? Is it saying the Lord can take a thousand years of history and he can make it happen in one day, or he can make one day last for a thousand years. So what he's saying is Jesus can come at any time. I mean, don't think this has to happen first, that has to happen first. The I mean, all these things we think of, but God can, what he's saying there is God can take a thousand years and boom, it's time. He said, he wants you to live with that anticipation and not become a scoffer, but really live with the fact, boy, Jesus could come back. And, I'm, and, and we'll see that the key is being ready. And if you're not ready now, you're not ready. You know, you've got to be ready now for the coming of the Lord. So Peter says that's the most important thing about, about the coming. And then just let me finish with a few of these verses. Then didn't talk about these three important words about, about the Lord's coming. For the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but he's long-suffering toward us, not willing that any would perish, but all would come to repentance. You know, the Lord wants everybody to be saved, doesn't he? Wants everybody to get right. That's one of the reasons for his long suffering. And, and it goes on. But the day of the Lord will come. And here's another word that's used over and over again by Jesus. Like a thief in the night. 
like a thief in the night. Jesus said, behold, I come as a thief, you know, and it's repeated over and over again. That, doesn't that mean that he could come at any time? We don't know when a thief's going to break into a house, but Jesus, it, that word's used over and over again. So we live with that, we, we live with that anticipation, you know, that he could come at any time. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the work will be burned up. So the, the, the second judgment of the earth is going to not come by water, but it will come by fire and it will purify the earth for the, for, for the, for the uh, 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 millennium and the, and the times to come. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought we to be in holy conduct and godliness? And then verse 12 is an interesting verse. Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God. You know, and so the Lord wants us to, 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 do, to, you know, to be ready for that, all right? So you're ready for these three important words now? I mean, it's gonna, there's going to be real simple words, but, but think about them in your heart today and, 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 and ask the Lord whether they're in your heart today. So the, the, first, the first word that I want to talk about is hope fueled by love. A key verse about the second coming is Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and this is something that I've really thought of recently. I, I've never connected before, but your love for God is connected for your hope of his return. They're, they're connected together. Your first love for God is connected for your hope of return. That's why every time you feel a, you hear, see a real revival happen where people really get right for God, attended with that is an, is an emphasis that Jesus could come back at any time because love and hope are connected together. All throughout the scripture, when, when hope is abounding, love comes more in your heart. And, and listen, listen uh, Steve, Stephen Machia, a great uh, Pentecostal theologian, uh, says that, let me say, he says this, the early Pentecostals yearned for Christ and were confident about his imminent return because of, awake, because of an awakening of their love for him in the spirit. They were mistaken about the timing of Christ's return, but timing is not the issue. The issue is rather a yearning for Christ that made them certain that Christ must be at the door. So you, you, you see, you, you, when we lose when when we lose our hope we're also starting to lose our first love for him you know your love for him and the and the fact that you want to see him are connected i was thinking about erie and i we've been married for 40 almost 47 years now and i remember last year she was gone for almost six weeks to out helping our our son in california with the new, a kid, new baby being born and everything and i i really missed her and i remember uh go, picking her up going to pick her up in the airport and my heart was beating you know i was excited to see her you know i because I love her, and I love her more than I did when we got married. And connect that to Jesus, you know? We, we, why do we want to see, why do we want him to come back? Because we love him. Because we know it's going to be the best possible thing ever. And so, so your, your love for God is connected to your, to, 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 to this, to your hope of his coming. That, that, that's such an important thing. And, and let me just read a couple more thing, uh, things about that. It says, uh, eschatology for Pentecostals is not just about end times, that is, that is a last chapter of a theological system, but it, rather it's a fervent and a living hope that pervades all life, worship, and thought. You see why the second, I mean, we'll preach about the last days. You can hear one, wonderful good preachers that preach about that, but it's more than that. 
it's more than that. It, 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 it's, it's hope for living. It's a living hope that, you, that, we, that, we, that burns in our heart that's connected that we want to be with Jesus someday. And in the early church, Paul, if you read the letters, he, he thought Jesus was coming back during his lifetime. So surely he would have known he wasn't coming yet, you know. But I think the Lord wants us to live with that anticipation. So hope fueled by your love for him are connected together. God, God wants those things to have. And, and hope is such an impor- important thing in our life. Without it, we're, we're really in trouble. You know, hope is, is one of the big three things that connect with our life. Okay, then here's the second, the second thought is the word near. You, you, if you're reading about the, the coming of Jesus, you, you, you get this, this little word in English that shows up. The word, it's the word near. In Greek, it's a weird little word. It's gaguso. And it, it actually means like throttle. Now, now how the, what, why is that such an important word? Jesus said in, in Revelation 1.3, he said, the time is near. Here, here's what he said in Mark 13.29. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that it is near. Even at the door, you know, that, that's what Jesus said to one, one of the churches. He says, he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. It's just, it, it's just all, it's just in a moment, the door will be open and we'll be with him forever. Does that give you a little kind of goosebump excitement sometimes? It really should, you know, in our lives. But the word near, why, why is that such an important word? Well, it, it's the word uh, a, a throttle, you know. I got a motorcycle now. Some, somebody in our church gave me a motorcycle, and and you, you ride. I'm a, I rode one when I was younger, but I haven't ridden one for a long time. But those of you that ride motorcycles, you know the throttle on a motorcycle, man. You could just kind of hit that, boom, you know, it take off. That's the word for here. That that's the word for the coming of the Lord. Here's what it means. It means things are going on. You know, we're just living like we are today. Boom, we're there. And it's over, you know. It's here. Here's a better illustration of it. It's like have you ever ridden on one of those old roller coasters? I wouldn't do it again anymore. But <laughs> you're on the old roller coaster. You're going up. You know, there's one here in Den- well Denver. Le- I remember that old wooden roller coaster, the Leeches, whatever it is. But you're going up. You know, you're going up, just just up, up, up. If, especially if you've ridden one in the dark, or you don't know when you're at the top. So it's you're going up, 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 and all of a sudden you get the top, and then zoom, you go down. That's the word here. That's the word for the coming of the Lord. It's, it's you're just living. Life's going on, and then the next moment, in a twinkling of an eye, in an atomic second, it's over, and you're with Jesus for eternity. Near. That, that word's used. Why would Jesus use that word? Because he wants his church to be, to be ready right now, right now, because it, it could happen anytime. L- listen, there's not time to get ready. If you're not ready now, you're not ready. And he uses that ten times. Jesus says, be ready. Be ready. Be ready now. Keep your life up to date relationship with the Lord. And now relationship with him. And maybe today, at the end of the service, maybe some of you aren't ready. And you can get ready today by getting your life right with the Lord. But that word is such an important thing. And near the word near is connected to our faith. You know, we, we who are far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And, and the word of faith is near you, in your heart and in your mouth. That your word's used, that, you know, that's the way we live, as we live with this closeness of, of, the, of the eternity. And, and Jesus is at the door, and we should live with that kind of closeness that, that, he, bring, that he brings into our life. And to be ready, excuse me, 50 times Jesus talks about being ready. 50 times. Remember the story of another key story in the second coming is the story of the ten virgins, right? Five of them had some oil. Five of them weren't ready. And then they, they couldn't get ready. They couldn't borrow it. They couldn't get ready. We, we have to live ready. 
for the Lord. Live ready, you know, that, that the Lord wants us to. The, the last two here, another word that you'll see show up over and over again when it's talked about the, about the coming of the Lord is the word watch. The word watch. And then connected with that is don't watch and say things are getting so bad. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. The church needs to watch and pray. Stay alert. Stay awake. I mean, the, the, words, the words are there. Let me read to you Mark 13, 33 through 37. All right? And you count how many times Jesus uses the word watch. Mark 13, 33 through 37. Take heed, Jesus says, watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work, and he commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the morning, in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And then this verse, I think about how Jesus, this verse just kind of echoes down through the, the generations of when he wrote it. And every church that's, that's lived has heard this verse. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. Watch. I mean, doesn't that, 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 that kind of give you, I mean, kind of think, wow, watch. Stay alert. Stay awake. So be, be aware of your surroundings. And, 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 and stay, 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 don't fall asleep. It's going to be easy to fall asleep. In fact, the Bible talks about a falling away in the last days. And it's not an not a a gr- not a, not a overnight falling away, but a gradual falling away. You know, I've, you've heard that illustration before about the frog and the kettle. You know, I don't know if it's true or not. I've never tried it before that you put a frog in cold water and turn the heat up gradually, you'll boil them. You know, I don't know if that's true or not. But, but they can be like that. We, you know, the times change gradually and we don't see it, you know. So we've got to stay a- awake. The church has got to stay awake and alert. What I think of is I think about uh, 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 Gideon's 300, you know. Remember Gideon, the, the Lord, the, a whole bunch of the army was there. And the Lord said, that's too many. I'll tell you who to take. Just, I'll tell you. And he said, Go, take them to the water. And the ones that, the ones that get down on one knee and take the water to their mouth and keep watching things around them, you take those. Those are the ones that I want. That I want. Those are the ones that are, are watching and they're alert and they're ready. That's a picture of the way we should live in these days is to, is to be alert, to be watching, and then pray, pray, you know, pray for the salvation, pray for the church, pray for young leaders, pray for, this, pray for all the things that God's called you to do, that, we, that we'd learn to do that, that the Lord would help us to do that. So, so to, be, to be watchful. And then the last, the last uh, phrase, that, and, and I'm going to use this from the old King James, Luke 19.13, is the word occupy, occupy. You know, it, isn't that an interesting word? Jesus said to occupy till he comes. And occupy is kind of a military word. And I was in the army and, and was in Vietnam and w- w- was on guard duty. And you, you were occupying an enemy territory, you know. And so, so occupy has the idea of, of a soldier, you know, of a responsibility to, 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 be, to be faithful where you're planted and to, 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 to keep doing the good works that you're called to do, you know. And, and I, I think that, that's, a, that's a good word because let's let's see let me read again from sister amy she she says a good thing here she says uh i read the first part of it that the lord could come at evening occupy till i come 
the work of spreading the gospel, the sending forth of missionaries, and the general duties for the upbuilding of the church should be carried on diligently and thoroughly as though the Lord is not coming during our lifetime. And so the word occupy means to be, to be busy about the Lord's work. You know how the Lord wants to find you when you come? He wants to find you with your waist girded and your, and your lamps burning, you know? In other words, with a burning heart, you love Jesus with all your heart. You've, you've girded your waist. That means, that means you're a servant. You're, you're doing something. You're not just sitting around. You're doing what he calls you to do. And if you, if when he comes back, that's what you want to be found. You want to be found with your lamps burning and, and your Lloyd's girded. You want to be busy about the master's business, doing the things that he, that he calls you to do. And, and I, I think that that's the way that the Lord wants us to live. Amen? And, and, I, and I think the hope is such an important thing in our life. And I, and, and, I, and I think the Lord is resurrecting. I don't know, you know, there's all kinds of wonderful preachers on TV, but more and more today, I, I hear the, I, don't you hear that call again about the Lord's coming? You know, they, Dr. David Jeremiah, what a wonderful preacher. And you got those guys that get too far out for me, me like uh, Perry Stone. And, and uh, I mean, they talk about the second coming, but, but a lot of good stuff. And they're like, uh, even Hal Lindsey is back around. I see him on TV all the time. How many of you are old enough to remember the late great planet Earth and Hal Lindsey? I mean, when, when I got saved, here, you know, we didn't think we'd get married. I mean, Hal Lindsey had us convinced that Jesus was going to come back before we got married, you know. But that's good for the church, and it's good for us to ha have it in our life. And I, and I, and I tell you what, as we, as we finish the service today and, and talk about that today, is uh, I don't think there's a greater quality needed than the dangerous times we're living in than we need hope. I mean, these are pretty discouraging times, and, and we need to be filled with hope. And for you to be filled with hope, the blessed hope, the capital, the capital hope, the hope, hope with a capital H needs to be burning in your heart, and that's Jesus Christ, that he's coming back. And if that hope is bright, then all the other hope that, that, you, that we need for living that, that can come along with it today. Amen? So can we, can we do we have worship? We could just kind of have maybe a worship thing and then stand. Let's all stand together, all right? Stand together today as we finish. And let me pray. And, and, uh, and, and, I, and I really do think, I mean, what a great word about freedom today. And I think that God really wants to renew some people's hope today, you know. I mean, it, there's not a, it's not a sin to start to lose hope. I mean, it, these are tough times we're living in, and God wants us to be filled with hope. You know, pay, hope is what gives you the patience to live. So let me pray, and I want to pray for something first, and then we're going to pray for hope today. But, but first of all, just bow your heads and close your eyes for a minute, and, and uh, let, me, let me say to you what Jesus said 50 times, 50 times in the Gospels. Are you ready? Are you ready right now for the Lord's return? And so if you're here today and you say, Pastor, you know what? I'm really, I'm not ready. You know, there's some things I need to get right with the Lord today. And so I need to do that. So would you, if that's you, would you just lift your hand up and say, you know, I, I want to get ready. Okay. Get ready. Okay. All right. All right, and, and let, me, let, me, let me do something real quick. If you've raised your hand, just come stand real quick right in front. I just want to pray for you. I saw three or four of you raise your hand. Just come on, come on up here real quick. Anybody else join them? This is you saying, I'm going to get ready. I'm, I'm going to get ready with the Lord. I want to get some things right with him. I want to just, just pray for that. Just come stand right in front here, and we'll pray. Anybody else say, today, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm ready. I want to get ready. I want to get ready. Get ready. Okay, so I'm going to just lead the, all of you that came up today in a prayer of repentance of, of just uh, saying, and, and this is it. After you've done this, the, the Lord says you're ready because he's forgiven you and he's restored you. So, so you pray with me. Say, Heavenly Father, 
I come to you in Jesus' name. I come today to get my life ready for your coming. Forgive me, Lord Jesus, for not putting you first, for doing things that have displeased you. Today, Jesus, I ask your forgiveness and I commit my life to serve you and to follow you. Give me grace to always be ready for your coming. In Jesus' name. And Lord, now I pray for these that have come forward, so boldly step forward, that they'll realize they've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus and they're as ready as they could be because, they're, because they've got their lives right for you. In Jesus' name. And then, can we just do one other thing here today if, if before we close? If, if you want, if, uh, if we'll, we'll pray for everyone, but if you really say, you know, I need my hope renewed today. You know, I want to pray. I really believe that the Lord wants to fill some people with hope again. They've kind of lost their hope. Or you want that that blessed hope just to get just to burn brighter in your heart today you want god to renew that that maybe once you had it you don't have it but would you can we just can we, can we do this? Can we kind of all get out of our seat and come closer and let me kind of pray a little for everybody today before we close? Can you just, just, just as an act, just to come a little closer to the front to say, Jesus, we want to be ready. We want that hope in our hearts. I, I think, I don't think there's anybody that wouldn't want that. So, so let's just, let's have us all kind of come forward and pray for that today. And for this blessed church that, because I tell you what, hope is a contagious witness. And you know what Peter says? Peter says that, that, uh, that live your life so that people ask you for the hope that dwells within you. If anybody should be hopeful people, it should be us as Jesus people because we know the end of the book, don't we? We know that. So, so Lord, I thank you for this great church. Thank you for Stephen and, and Cynthia. And today, Lord, I pray that you, the God of hope, first of all, would fill, fill us with the blessed hope of your return and i pray for the for for the the blessed hope of of jesus's return to burn brightly in all of our hearts god that you would turn that up and let that be a a, let that just be a, a great hope that burns bright in our heart and then lord i pray that when as that hope burns brightly i pray for for hope in general the confident expectation of the goodness of god Lord, you're the God of hope. You want us to live with a confident expectation of the goodness of God. And Lord, I pray that you, the God of hope, would fill each one of these dear people today with, uh, with, with the, uh, that they would have, uh, with, jo- with joy and peace and believing and that they would abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord, fill us with hope today as we wait before you today. In the name of Jesus. Let I me mean, just, just sing a chorus and then we'll be... So as we close today, would you just listen to this? For, the, for I, the Lord myself, will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead and all those that have died in me will rise first. And then you who are alive and remain will be caught up together with me in the clouds in the air and you'll meet me in the air and thus you will be with me forever. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. This guy's old school. Yes, I said he marries the truth of God's word that used to got got to be preached yesterday with the love of the church today. 
That's what we need. We need, I mean, and, and man, we had three altar calls today. We're like, we're like, we don't always do that. Sometimes it's not the right time, and sometimes it is absolutely the right time. Don't, don't try to get away from God. He's, he's after you. You can't get away from him. Better watch out. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. I promise you, everything you give to God will come back to you. Everything you give to God will Thanks be Thanks for listening I- today. Remember, God wants to do the impossible through you and me. We encourage you to become a deeper part of what we are doing. Visit us at newsongcs.com and become a giver to the New Song Foundation and an investor in bringing this message of Jesus across the world. God bless you. Thank you.